Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. When Chris's collide, this might be the most fruitful edition of the podcast in some time, Chris, as you put it, an epic week in Seattle Arena and NHL history. History. I don't know if there's been a week quite like this in recent memory where it seems like every day there was a development in the NHL, the Seattle story, and the Seattle Arena story. How long have we been doing the next best podcast, Chris? It's almost it's has it been a couple of years? A couple of years. Now? I yeah. mean, I don't want to say we were doing this before it was the hip happening thing to do, <laughs> but we've been talking about this arena situation from before there was really a lot to talk about. We right? sit here at King Five, right out of our studio window here in the CNC Podcast Factory, yes. we can see Soto for a long time. The storyline was, hey, this Chris Hansen guy, and he owns all this land, what's going to become of that? Then the Key Arena news, and it seems like it's been an eternity of hurry up and wait, right? Yeah. A lot of news, but not a lot of action. Now, it has been going crazy, and if we were going to start somewhere, we should start about a week ago, unless, unless you're listening to this in the future. We cannot determine when you're <laughs> listening to this. We don't have that ability yet. Uh, But what was it, October 5th, when the NBA returned to Seattle for the first time in 10 years. And boom goes the dynamite. I know you were there. I was there uh, before the game. I was one of the fans who was terribly conflicted. I did not want to go because I thought it would be too painful to me. And I felt like, you know, one of those, I don't have to prove to you I love (laughs) basketball. So I did not go to the game. But uh, I was there. I was wearing my Sonics warm-ups out front, taking photos with fun fans just to make myself feel good about the whole thing. But I did watch some of it at home on TV, and I was filled with mixed emotions. And I even found myself getting a little bit emotional. Yeah, and and that was the last event at Key Arena. And it came after the big meeting in New York uh, that really determined the future of the building and of the NHL in Seattle. Uh, that's when Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, David Bonderman, Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, today's uh, the, the episode Wikis. sounds a bit like the beginning of an award show. Yeah. Like where you say, tonight, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, <laughs> NHL Commissioner. You know, right? I mean, you yeah. would, this is star-studded. And so, yes, you were uh, in New York, which, again, a lot of people found out about after the fact as the news started to leak out that the the mayor was there and that they were making their official pitch. Yeah, it, it was all those people I mentioned, Todd, Tim Lywicki, all going into this kind of nondescript high-rise in midtown Manhattan to make the formal presentation uh, about Seattle, about the Seattle NHL bid, and included about a six- to seven-minute video. And Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin made quite the impression, apparently, on the National Hockey League as they uh, th- this group said, hey, we would like some sort of recommendation coming out of this meeting from the executive committee that's the 10 owners that uh from the national hockey league that make up this committee Uh, they wanted a recommendation going forward on this expansion bid it was kind of a momentous occasion there in midtown manhattan and coming out of that meeting uh we had a chance to talk to everybody and then there was another meeting after that where we heard from the owners and the nhl commissioner gary bettman and i think for people who haven't heard what they had to say, boy, this really sounds like a done deal. So should we start with uh, your uh, run-in with the mayor? Yes. Jenny Durkin. I think we're going to hear from the mayor, David Bonderman, 
Francesco Accolini, the owner of the Vancouver Canucks, and last but not least, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, kind of summing up everything that happened in that day. It was a really good meeting, great, great questions in the room, but clearly an enthusiasm for the city of Seattle. Um, the ownership team, uh, Mr. Bonnerman made a terrific presentation. I think that we're ready for hockey in Seattle, and we should know soon whether hockey's coming. I agree with everything the mayor says, as always. <laughs> what did you try and get across over the course of this uh, hour and a half, two hour meeting? Well, I think with the mayor's help, what we try to get across is that Seattle is ready for a team. We've got the potential facility, which will get built. We had a partnership with the city, and away we go. What we need is the franchise. Yeah, no, it looks good. I think it's exciting. I mean, we want a team in Seattle. It's great for Vancouver. It's great for the league. And uh, it's eventually going to happen. I mean, Key Arena is going to be built, so teams. I think it's imminent. Any recommendation made inside the meeting? Um, well, nothing I could talk about out here, but there was some, yeah. So there was a recommendation made? Um, yeah, there was some recommendations, yeah. Positive? Positive, yeah. absolutely. The executive committee uh, met this morning with the representatives of the potential Seattle expansion franchise. Uh, it was a good interactive meeting. The committee uh, was first briefed by the league office on the status of the application. And then Mr. Bonderman uh, and the mayor, Mayor Durkin, uh, among others, appeared to uh, present the case as to why they thought Seattle would be a great addition to the NHL. Uh, they were with us for over an hour, uh, and I think did an excellent job in supporting the application and presenting the case for Seattle. And the renovated, or new, if you will, key arena. And when they were concluded, the executive committee deliberated. And uh, the conclusion and the recommendation of the executive committee, which was presented to the board, was to proceed with the application. The goal will be to finalize any open details, create a formal report on behalf of the executive committee to the full board, and have this ready for the board's consideration uh, for potential approval, obviously, uh, at the December board meeting. So, in short, the recommendation is to proceed with expansion in Seattle, subject to completing the process thoroughly with a report and presentation to the full board to vote on in December. So, Chris, just a little bit of the sound from a lot of the key players who were there in New York. Uh, a lot to react to there because, of course, they couldn't tip their cap and say exactly what happened behind those closed doors. But even from the likes of Akalini, uh, our neighbors to the north there, the, the Canucks, I like that he kind of made it quite clear, which is very Canadian of him, to tell you just enough, yeah. by the way, in a very polite way to say, yeah, yeah, the recommendation was made. Yeah, it, imminent, I think, uh, eh, that uh, we're going to see an NHL team. There's a lot talk about, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a unanimous recommendation, uh, as you heard uh, Gary Bettman kind of allude to there, a unanimous recommendation from this executive committee, uh, a, a committee that includes the Boston Brewers or Bruins owner, uh, Jeremy Jacobs, who is the head of the Board of Governors, uh, that is uh, who is going to meet now in December to talk about the application. Uh, according to Bettman himself, uh, assuming now that that application is approved, 
the full BOG votes to approve this expansion application from Seattle, it means the team could start in 2020 or 2021 at that new arena at Seattle Center. So not a huge surprise, really, that they made an official and a well-received pitch. I think everybody seemed pretty confident going to New York. But getting, you know, unanimous is always a good thing. Now it's just the waiting game until December. December. And uh, there are things that have to happen before that. I, you know, one of the things we'll talk about a bit later is the the training facility, practice facility, the new rinks. That was part of their bid as well. Uh, and also the timeline and when they think they can get this done. And And that's what led us to Friday with the... NBA exhibition game involving two teams that are not from here. And timed perfectly, quite frankly, yes. uh, these things. It was a coincidence that suddenly the mayor and company were in New York the same week that the NBA was coming to Seattle with the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. What an interesting couple of teams there. There are storylines that you could get into yeah. there, of course, not only did Golden State have a big contingency of fans because they're the champs, but a lot of people there to see the likes of of, of uh, Clay Thompson, you know, yep. uh, Washington State Cougar Pride, so people from over the mountain saying, hey, cool, look who's back. But of course, but of course, uh, the headliner there, Kevin Durant, KD, drafted by the Sonics, has always been true and true to his support with Seattle. He, he'd be known for wearing, even in Oklahoma City, wearing a Sonics cap as he came out of the tunnel, which has been very cool, very classy move. He's always worn that on his sleeve that, hey, I didn't choose to leave. Yeah, and Steve Kerr, it, it was kind of a, a fun little thing for, I think, Seattle that the head coach of the Golden State Warriors walked out to greet the media and then also made the rounds within the, the Arena Bowl in a Seattle Supersonics t-shirt. And I asked him at a press conference, why he decided to wear that T-shirt to that game. I, I just, I, I've always loved the Sonics uh, brand. I've loved this city um, fan base. It was always a, an incredible place to play. Reminded me a lot of Oracle, actually, coming to Key Arena when I played. Um, just kind of an organic energy. Um, the, the, the fans here love basketball. It's a hotbed. There are a lot of great players who've come from Seattle. And... Um, yeah, so I'm hoping the Sonics return someday. You know, I think I think everybody who's been in the in the league in the NBA a long time uh, has a uh, soft spot for Seattle just because of the uh, the history of the franchise and the beauty and the brilliance of the city. And um, it just doesn't seem right that uh, you know the Sonics are not in not a part of the NBA. Um, so I think that naturally brings out a lot of uh, nostalgia and sentiment. And, and then, of course, you, you bring all the former players and coaches together and you, you see the highlights on the, stand, and the, on the uh, scoreboard and uh, you see all the jerseys in the stands. And it, it, was a, it was a very special atmosphere, very different from anything I've ever experienced. Chris, a pretty cool move by Steve Kerr. And I got to say, I told you, I was one of the stubborn kids who said, I'm not, I'm not giving the NBA my money. They hurt me. So I went home. I was <laughs> there at the arena. We did our TV show on King 5. little plug for Take 5 take every five. day, 4 to 5 live. Yes. Uh, and we were right there in the shadow of the arena. So as I was leaving at 5 o'clock, all the fans were showing up. And I was very conflicted 
But by the time I got home, got settled, I went, oh, yeah, that's on right about now. So I threw it up on the iPad, and right as I did that, welcome back to Seattle. That's right. For the first time in 10 years, the NBA is back in town. And those two couldn't have said more about how great the fans were. So right away, I got goosebumps because I'm playing catch-up here. I've already missed the first quarter. But they're saying how impressive this fan base is. You could see that they were biting their lips, that they wanted to say, we, we're with you. This is an yeah. injustice. we got to fix this. So they said just enough. But i got to say, the, the hairs on my arms, the back of my neck, hairs I didn't know I had, all stood up as they said. And if you missed <laughs> it, here's how Kevin Durant started the game. And to see Kevin jump up, and I'm getting goosebumps right now, and to rip off the warm-ups and to be in a Sean Kemp get-up, uh, you know Sean Kemp was my guy. Yeah. And is one of the highlights of my life to get to meet him and work with him and have fun uh, with Kemp. But to see KD do that and to see the way the team, including his coach, Kerr, rallied around it and danced, they didn't have to do that. Golden State did not have to do that. But for them to say, no, we are going to give a genuine salute to this city and to these fans. We know what it means to Kevin. We know what it clearly means to the people here. I just thought it was one of the classiest moves. And and the Warriors did a great job managing that event in terms of bringing in members of the 79 championship team. Right. Wilkins was there. Jack Sigma was there. Downtown Freddie Brown was there. They brought in a lot of the, Gary Payton yeah. and Detlef Shrimp from the, the mid-'90s heyday. They, they really tipped the cap to Seattle. And I think everybody knew going in that this was uh, going to be – there was going to be a lot about Kevin Durant. And I mean, a little, this, this was his homecoming. It, but there was a lot of speculation. I mean, people said, hey, rumor has it he's going to wear some cool Sonic shoes. Yeah. I don't think any of us expected him to come out in a full Sean Kemp getup. By the way, a little peek behind the curtain. I was just talking to somebody who is a mutual friend of Sean's as well and said, no, the reason he wasn't there, because he was noticeably missing, mm-hmm. uh, he was watching one of his sons playing football. So he was across town. He, he had a conflict of interest, but he stuck close to home. So he was actually watching his boy play football. News item from Chris Cashman there. There you go. Well, should we hear what uh, Kevin Durant had to say yes, about uh, his visit back to Seattle? I'm um, just, uh, I don't know, I, just, I think I do that when I walk into, if I can see the court coming from the bus, I, I pretty much do that in every arena. But... Um, Definitely a different feeling pulling up into the arena and down into the ramp. You know, the same route I used to take when I played here is just bringing back memories. Kevin, I know that you've been back a few times since you left Seattle. Anything strike you from that first year that, that just came back to you as you pulled in that ramp tonight? Like I said, just those memories of, you know, just that everyday grind of going to the practice facility, going to the games. Just finally being a professional, you know, having my own car, my own house, just having a little bit of responsibility for the first time. I can remember where it kind of all started. And, um, you know, it was a huge part of my life coming here to Seattle to experience that. I mean, the message was sent over these last 11 years, you know, just still support for the Sonics um, in the NBA arenas around the country, around the world. You know, so many people know what the Sonics culture is and I think that's been um, that's something the NBA can't ignore and I think tonight was kind of the cherry on top you know as far as saying hey look man we deserve a team here we're a supporter team and um, you know they need to bring one back man we're going to keep saying it until it happens you know all of us in here everybody in that arena every NBA player knows it so hopefully the NBA does, uh, does what it's supposed to do a little bit from Kevin Durant there. And Katie, a message to the league. And I think for the first time in many moons, Chris, I found myself 
very motivated because of the way that game was handled. I thought going into this game, it was going to be, I don't want to say a sideshow, but again, I took it personally. I thought, no, this is the league trying to say, prove it. You still like basketball? Prove it. So I was very hurt. I didn't want to support it, but I got to say what happened in that arena, the green and gold, the way Steve Kerr, uh, the way Kevin Durant talked, I really feel like even the way the guys on ESPN were talking about, Mm -hmm. I went, this is sending a gigantic shockwave. And for the first time in a while, I thought, this is it. This is the tipping point. This is the point of no return. They must take us seriously again. The tracks have been laid. One way or another, the NBA must take notice of this. Well, think about it. It was an exhibition game. Right. A meaningless game, and it was rocking and rolling inside Key Arena like the mid-'90s. Yep. I think the fact that the Warriors injected all that Sonics nostalgia into yep. it, but Jeff Van Gundy has since been quoted as saying the city would be a top-ten city in the league if if the league came back to Seattle. Uh, I heard Scuttlebutt kind of in the the bowels of Key Arena. One of the Warriors players was saying that the energy in that room was better than all but maybe 10 cities in the yeah. NBA that that they would love to come back to Seattle. So Seattle made quite an impression on the people that were there. And, and a quick shout-out to Rick Welts, who is the Golden State Warriors president, the former Sonics ball boy. Not a lot of people probably knew that he story. Was, he he is the person who... He used he, to walk he, down Queen Anne. Walked down Queen Anne uh, when he was 16, got that job, went to Queen Anne High School. He has risen to become a Hall of Famer, Team president with Golden State, worked yeah. for uh, almost two decades at the NBA, well-respected by his peers, worked for about the last three years to try and get a preseason exhibition game to Seattle. Tease, we'll have more from him next week on the next That's right. Pod. You actually talked with him yes. about this whole thing and how he feels about it, how conflicted he must be to come home yeah. and to not have a team here, a team where he was the ball boy yeah. and he got his yeah. start here. So, so we're going to run a lot of that next yeah. week, which is very exciting. But, uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about that they had to have as part of this presentation in New York earlier in the week was... Going back to hockey now. Yes, we're going back to (laughs) hockey. You know, like I say, Chris, I am the beat reporter for a non-existent building and two non-existent teams. That's right. Uh, So let's go back to the NHL where, uh, as you alluded to uh, at these meetings, the presentation, they had to talk about a training facility, practice facility, more private money that this group is uh, willing to use to bring the NHL to get back to Seattle. And finally, just a few days after this NBA game, the NHL Seattle group, Seattle Hockey Partners, comes out and says, hey, we, we found a place, and it's Northgate Mall. And here's what your story sounded like on King 5. This is the rink that's closest to our training facility. It will seat over 1,000 people. That's NHL Seattle's Lance Lopes announcing the group's plans for a $70 million privately financed practice facility and team headquarters at Northgate. It includes three regulation-sized ice rinks, locker rooms, and team headquarters. The professional team will, will be officed here. Simon Properties, which owns the mall, had already targeted the site for redevelopment and will lease the space on the east side of the sprawling lot. There are tenants here and leases here, so we've got to take that into consideration. So it's not done yet exactly where it sits. It's mainly the east side of the property where we have most of the surface parking. Simon's early planning actually speeds up the process with the city, according to Councilmember Rob Johnson. Northgate Mall is part of a master use permit. They've already gone in with something called early design guidance. It means that they're a couple of steps ahead of what a traditional new development would look like. It also has the potential to serve as a civic catalyst on the north side of Seattle. 
they walk to the transit station, and then with our pedestrian bike bridge to connect us with North Seattle College, it's going to be phenomenal. It is. This is what we've been looking for in this kind of density in districts. A district that could be in for a drastic change if the puck goes Seattle's way. So in case you don't recognize those voices, Lance Lopes from the Oakview Group, Seattle Hockey Partners, uh, you had the head of Simon Malls, which owns the property there, talking about how this deal came together, and then Rob Johnson, Deborah Juarez, the two Seattle City Council members, talking about kind of the grander vision for North Seattle and why this works. I mean, you know, that is an area with a pedestrian overpass coming right across from North Seattle College. Right. The mall was already talking about renovation plans, light rail coming in. There's a lot of reasons why that area makes sense. And and I heard there was a, I don't want to say bidding war, but there were other cities that were talking with this group, with Seattle imagine, Hockey sure. Partners, about land and potentially gifting some land to try and get this facility. I mean, this is a this is a big deal. I was going to say, people who are Seattle. going, oh, practice facility, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saying, no, no, no this is going to be world class. Like, this is going to be arguably as impressive as what they're trying to do with the arena. This is going to be for real. And, and in order to make this work long term, you got to build a foundation. You got to have ice rinks. Believe right. it or not, there are no existing full-time ice rinks in the Seattle city limits. It's funny, earlier this week, uh, I interviewed the, the Lamaru sisters, the, the, the gold medal winners from the U.S. women's hockey team. They are from Grand Forks, North Dakota, and I asked them specifically, how many ice rinks do you have in Grand Forks, North Dakota, in a town of 50,000 people? They have six full-time wow. ice rinks, <laughs> and that's not counting the rest of the state. Seattle has zero. So... Uh, it, it's going to be important to uh, build the, the sport, not only for young men, but young women. There are a lot of uh, young ladies that play the sport here that maybe want to become Olympians down the road. One so of them is, was standing there next to uh, the you know uh, the contingency as yeah. they were unveiling these plans, basically saying, hey, this is also for you. We want yeah. you to come up with these kind of facilities and have access to this. So, so three rinks, yeah. three rinks, uh, over 180,000 square feet. They think that it can be open probably before the new arena is open, just wow. based on the fact that some of the the logistical things, the process things in the city of Seattle are already underway because of the redevelopment plans. So that means you know you're not going to have to go through the same hoops you did with the arena project itself to get this done up at Northgate. So Northgate, world class facility for hockey, that's going to be happening. Key Arena, what's that? Are they already? Is there jackhammers? Is this already happening? Because that was it. That the irony was that that. Little exhibition get together from the NBA was the last official thing happening there at the arena. They had some concerts and some things planned, but that got canceled. So that's it. That was the swan song. That was the swan song, and and that's a nice transition to say next week we're actually going to see the work begin on this new arena. Not demolition. That may not happen until December, but the city of Seattle, Oakview, which has signed this deal are going to start fencing off the area around Key Arena and, and beginning the, the work that's needed on some of those exterior buildings, like the old team store, mm -hmm. uh, to get ready for full demolition. So the pre-demolition work will begin next week, October 15th, wow. uh, at Seattle Center, after all of these years of talking about where to put a new arena. Chris, I know we talked about it on our last get-together, how we both 
suddenly realized, you've been painfully aware because you've been covering it, but as a casual observer, I've finally realized as I went to the Space Needle, saw the uplift, and it's spectacular. And even as a local, I tell people, hey, no, you should go up. I, yeah. I know you're thinking it's the Space Needle. You live here. You've seen it. You have not seen it like this. It's really cool with all the glass work they've done up there. But slowly but surely... Old Seattle Center has had this cool makeover that's happening from the glass garden to the needle. Uh, Mopop, which was EMP. Mopop, I think, is still mm -hmm. the best kept secret in Seattle. People think it's a museum. They don't quite understand what right. a cool interactive thing it is inside there. And uh, the Center House, you know, has, has had its transformation, new vendors in there. And then to see that game, that exhibition game, Chris, I realized not only was it the first time in 10 years that hoops was happening, uh, men's NBA basketball was back in Seattle, which, you know, I hadn't seen in so long, but to suddenly see who was lined up around the court. And I know it was, of course, a bit of a novelty, but to see Russ sitting there mm -hmm. with his son, to see Pete Carroll sitting there, to see all of the former greats, it was that little peek at what could be, what could be coming, both with hockey, hopefully with NBA as well. I would never, I, I've always been cautious, cautiously optimistic, but based on what I saw and the shockwaves that seemed to send, it just now really does seem like a matter of time before the NBA follows suit. Yeah, I mean, it was a who's who there on the front row. Macklemore, right. Robinson Cano, name your former Sonic Slick Watts. Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, everybody was lined like up around the court, yeah. and it was an event. Uh, I made the joke, the biggest exhibition game in Seattle history uh, at Key Arena and, and I think people came out and, and showed why it, it was an event that they wanted to be at. Chris, great stuff as always. What is next? We always like to leave them with that next thing they should look forward to. We know that the arena is going to, they're going to bring out the hammers. Oh, they're already doing it. They've already, they've begun as we're discussing this, Chris, but what else do we need to keep an eye on timeline-wise? Yeah, that's what we need to keep an eye on. We'll have Rick Welts, uh, the Golden State Warriors president, former Sonics ball boy next week. And cool. then all eyes on December 3rd and 4th in Sea Island, Georgia. Of all places. Hey, I've got a timeshare there. Yeah, that's where uh, we'll, we'll get officially official, as I like to say, <laughs> with an NHL expansion franchise. On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod, this is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.